if you're well, we're going to read from the Bible, and I'd really encourage you to grab your Bible if you have one nearby, and if you don't, why don't you go and get one? Um, because we're going to be looking at uh, the book of Titus, where we're in at the moment, and I'd love for you to read along. And Bookie's going to read for us from Titus chapter 2, and I'd love for you to follow along at home. Today's reading is from Titus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10 beginning to read from verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Saviour. Well, let's study God's Word together. Now, there's a very plain challenge. We're right in here. But there's a very plain challenge that hits us in in Titus chapter 2. Does it fit? That's the challenge. And no, Paul isn't asking his colleague on Crete if his clothes are the right size. There's a much deeper concern. Does it fit? You see, he wants Titus to challenge the Christians here about whether their behavior matches with what they believe. Is your way of life consistent with your way of belief? in other words. And so right at the start here, he gives a command. Have a look at Titus chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, Titus, teach what accords with sound doctrine. In other words, you must teach Christians, Titus, how to live in accordance with sound or healthy Christian doctrine so that those will truly match up. Now what follows in these lines in this chapter is a really brilliant sketch of how real lives and real people are to be transformed by the power of the gospel. I want you to remember, now this is really important, the island of Crete had its own culture. The people of Crete were known for particular things, for particular tendencies, and the cultural stereotype was not very pleasant. And if you let your eye look back to chapter 1, verse 12, you'll see that the stereotype was that Cretans, people of Crete, were always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. The Christians, however, they were suddenly different. And they were to be taught to to live out their lives challenging that culture they found themselves in as they experienced the renewing gospel transformation and living out their lives. Now think about Ireland here in 2021. Well, we have our own cultural tendencies too. There are very dominant ideas and 
and, and powerful cultural currents, and we're all swimming against them as Christians. And so as you live here, that same gospel, that transforming gospel, that powerful gospel is at work in your life if you're a Christian. Each one of us, therefore, must challenge the cultural norms of our own day, just like uh, Titus is being urged to tell the, the Christians on Crete to challenge their um, cultural norms. And so we must do the same, asking again and again whether our behavior, whether our lifestyle aligns, accords, fits in with the sound biblical gospel. Does it fit? And so we must be more concerned with that fitting in than fitting our Christian lives into the norms of life in Dublin. Now, so whether you're listening here and you're older, maybe you're in retirement, or maybe you're in the prime of your career, or you're younger, or at school or college, you might be working um, in the home or outside of it. Ask yourself this question. Does your behavior fit with culture or with Christ? Now, before we go on, we need to ask something here. What's at stake in, in all of this living? Well, in case it isn't obvious, Paul makes it very clear for us here. Look at the end of verse 5 and the end of verse 10 here. The way in which we all live, the behavior of individuals, of families, of whole households, it's going to have a big impact on what people think about God's word and the gospel. In other words, Paul wants Titus to teach the Christians to live consistently. So, end of verse 5, the word of God may not be reviled. And end of verse 10, so that in everything, in this instance, bond servants, they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. So there really is a lot at stake. There's the reputation of the gospel of God's salvation. But you know what? I'd love you to see in this text in front of us in the Bible, not a bland list of do's and don'ts for various types of people, but something really vibrant, something powerful, something life-giving, this insistence that God's grace changes and is in the process of changing your life for the better. God's grace turns lives around completely. Now, in verses 2 to 10, there, there are challenges for different groups. Have a look at them, and we're going to look at four of them here. Uh, the first one, older men, does your lifestyle fit with the gospel? Verse 2. Have a look at verse 2 here of Titus 2. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Now we'll see here that there's a repeated emphasis in each one of these challenges to the different groups. See if you can spot it. What's the repeated emphasis throughout here? Well, to the older men, Paul explains they are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled. And then he uses that word sound again, the same word he used in, in verse 1 to describe the sound doctrine. And he tells them to be sound in three particular ways. He says, be sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Now, by older men, probably Paul has in mind those who are aged 40 and over. Is that older? Well, perhaps it is. Um, those who are mature and settled, starting to get the gray hairs, or having quite a lot of gray hairs. Well, whatever older men were like generally on Crete, there seems to have been 
well, a wildness about them. The behavior of Cretan men in general um, was, was, was more wild, and, and that's what Paul's taking on here. The behavior of Christians was meant to stand out and be different. Now, you can see how their behavior is meant in, in these urgent calls here um, to have restraint about it, not to be over the top in any way. So when you could tell a smutty joke or go over the top with being cynical or angry or drinking too much or acting in a way that's out of control or foolish, the Bible calls older men, if you're an older man, listen to this, the Bible calls you to be respectable, measured, under control. Now that call to be sound is really the call to be healthy. Now there's a lot for older people and younger people these days about being healthy, but this isn't a matter of achieving the requisite amount of daily steps, but rather the healthier is being talked about in terms of faith, healthy and faith. What does that mean? Well, it means getting fit and fitter, maintaining and toning the muscles in your understanding of the truths of the Bible, healthy or sound in faith. Older men, will you set that as your spiritual health goal this spring, continuing to learn and live out biblical truth as set out here in the Bible. Well, as well as in faith, you're also to be healthy in love, is the second thing here. What does that mean? Well, it seems to point, um, sound in love seems to point to a sense of loving other people sacrificially. Being sound in love will be serving those around you, older men your wives, your friends, neighbors, your children, people in the church, people who could really do with your help. Sound in love. And then thirdly, um, healthy in steadfastness. Sound in steadfastness. And the call here is for a kind of healthy endurance that keeps going, whatever trouble comes knocking. Now that was just one verse, man. But can you feel how many challenges are coming at us here? Does your life fit with the gospel? And will you allow your faith in Christ to continue to transform your life? Culturally, you see, we tend to excuse those who are getting on a bit from the need to, to change traits that have developed over a lifetime. But with the Bible, can't you see the gospel is so powerful that it's to change even older people? There's no assumption here, you see, that gray hairs will bring wisdom. There's an urgent, and instead there's an urgent need to get healthy, get healthy in faith, in service of others, in endurance, to have this kind of self-control and dignity. Well, secondly, we, we turn to look at older women. And here's the challenge. Older women, does your lifestyle fit with the gospel? Well, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior. Have a look at, at verse 3 here. Reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women. But we'll stop at the start of verse 4 just for a second. Well, you can see older women, if that's you listening today, again, um, this is a reference probably to those who are more established and mature in age. And you can see that verse 4 echoes verse 3 here. Your behavior is likewise, just like the older men, meant to be reverent. In other words, careful, 
measured, respectable, under control, you could say. And perhaps Paul is, is calling out particular behavior among older women on Crete when he warns them not to be slanderers or slaves to much wine. The cultural climate may have accepted older women going in for this kind of toxic mix of alcohol and gossip. And it's not too hard to see in our own time when it comes to older women that this kind of behavior can be seen as perfectly acceptable, celebrated even. And I was thinking about that. Is it not really striking that there's a current TV talk show called Loose Women where mature women talk back and forth about the issues of the day in a way that's meant to entertain and inform and even shock people. Now, the Bible definitely wants older women to take on a teaching role, but unlike those kinds of chat shows, it's designed to teach. End of verse 3, to teach what is good. That's a far cry from loose talk fueled by wine. And, And this deliberate teaching and training by the older woman is supposed to be edifying and useful. Look at verse 4. It continues, So train the young women. Verse 4. Now I want you to look at that word train in verse 4. It's, it's really interesting. It, it, it's not a neutral word to teach or to train, but it has the sense of calling back. Calling them back. Rather than carelessly and slanderously spouting opinions and indulging in cultural whims of the time, like on a chat show, instead older women are, are to train younger women, to call them back, call them away from the culture around them, to train and bring them away from popular and trivial or shocking voices. And so if you are one of the older women in our church, you have a really important training role as you too are transformed and called to match your behavior and your beliefs. Well, let's read on here. Look at verse 4. And so to train the young women. So in other words, here's your challenge, younger women. Younger women, does your lifestyle fit with the gospel? Let's read on. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Against a a cultural climate that may have seen younger women setting their priorities away from their families, well, the Bible calls Christian women to love their husbands and to love their children. Now, you can see that the Bible is calling each of these different groups up to this repeated emphasis. Did you spot it all the way through here? Well, it's here again in verse 5. Have a look at those words at the start of verse 5. Self-controlled. Culture will emphasize other things. Culture will emphasize self-realization. It'll emphasize self-fulfillment. And even the posture of the the front-facing camera on our phones, the selfie, that's what the culture wants us to think about. And everywhere we turn these days, the priority for all of us, not least the young women, is to promote and celebrate the self. But look what Paul says to the young women. Here's a a biblical call away from all of that for the sake of your families. Now here's what the Bible is not saying. The Bible isn't saying that women should not work outside the home. But there is a focus here on the family. 
And the Bible's not saying that women shouldn't be happy or fulfilled or content. On Crete, there may have been a new popular movement that was promoting a self-indulgence among different groups, older and younger men and the older and younger women. And against this, Paul urges younger women not to go in that bankrupt direction. And this applies whether you're um, a younger woman who is married or not married. You're being urged as Christians to match your behavior to your faith in Christ and to swim against those cultural tides. For those who are married, this, this swimming against culture will be by loving your families, by being pure, by managing well your home life, and by being kind and submissive to your own husbands. And for those who aren't married, well, there's still a call to self-control here, isn't there? To purity, kindness, just like the head of verse 5 says, self-control. I want you to think, if you're a younger woman, what cultural pulls do you feel these days on you, on your life? Well, there's certainly a widespread idea that self-fulfillment and freedom lies not in but far away from family life. That success and fulfillment will demand independence and that you will have to put yourself first in everything. But let me urge you, like what the Bible says, don't accept these modern narratives unthinkingly. You see, transparently here, family life, your husbands and your children, they're going to require yours, as well as your husband's, self-sacrifice. And it's fair to say that your families will demand your priority even as you pursue work outside the home too. Women and men, young and old, are called to behavior that fits with knowing Jesus Christ. Well, elsewhere in the Bible, we know that husbands are called to love their wives. How? Well, as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do? Well, it's here again in in Titus 2, verse 14. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness. And so each one of us, men and women, must ask whether, whether or not our life choices, our goals, our aspirations match up with those who follow Christ. And if it doesn't fit, we need to allow the Lord by his word to reorder and remake us. Well, there's the challenge. And it's a challenge set out for the young men too. Look at verse 6. It continues this. Here's the fourth group. And here's your challenge, young men. Does your lifestyle fit with the gospel? Have a look. It's, it's one verse here. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Well, in a somewhat abbreviated way, Paul wants Titus to urge younger men to self-control too. There's that emphasis. Can you hear it again? There's a call to you and your life choices and behavior. Self-control, young men, not foolishness. I want you to think for a moment. Think about how you speak and how you tell jokes. Self-controlled or loose and profane, dirty and foolish? Think about your thought life. Is it really self-controlled or full of lust and indulgence? Think about, young men, your spending and your eating. Self-controlled or thoughtless and excessive? Think about your relationships, your life goals. It's not just women who struggle with the front-facing camera. Our culture worships the self and the self-made. 
But you know what the Bible celebrates? The Bible celebrates the Lord Jesus Christ, who, remember verse 14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, verse 14, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are not zealous for self, but zealous for good works. Hear this, young men. You're, you're working hard. You're training your bodies. You're training your minds. You're pursuing careers and relationships. Your whole lives stretch in front of you. Well, the Bible urges self-control. Now, Titus, remember, he was likely in this category too. And, and look what Paul tells him as the passage continues. Look at verse 7. He says, Titus, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. Young men, I want you to hear that challenge from this text. And whether you're 10 or 20 or 30, is that the limit of young, perhaps? But I want you to, whatever age you are, young men, hear those amazing and life-giving calls on your life and your relationships. Look at those words. Good works, integrity, dignity, healthy speech. As we've seen today, all of this is not grounded in our own efforts. Though it does require some compliance on our part with what God is doing in our lives. And we're going to see next week how Paul reminds Titus. And look from verse 11 on what this is grounded on. Even the word for continues the thought here. Having said all of this, having challenged each of these groups... Paul says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So does it fit? Does your life fit with the great gospel, with the Savior, Jesus Christ? And if it doesn't fit, look back to him. He's the one that is the fount of that transformation. Look at the rescue he's brought already. Talk about liberation. Talk about life fulfillment. Talk about amazing hope. It's here in Christ, not in yourself lives that will really count. And there's training here too, as part of your families, as part of your church here in Black Rock. Whole households standing for Christ against the filth and false promises of our culture. So let's encourage each other, from the oldest to the youngest, to get back and contend for Christ in these ways.